count it a great privilege to be with you this evening. I spent most of the month of November uh, in Nepal and India, and I ate curry for Thanksgiving. So I'm really, really glad to be here with you tonight to celebrate Jesus and to celebrate Christmas, which is, you know, the birth of Jesus. And so it's just an honor and a joy. And as Barb said, our theme tonight um, is He Shall Be Called. And our theme scripture is Isaiah 9, 6. And it says, for unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. So let me pray for our time tonight. Jesus, we know that you promise that where two or three are gathered, you are in our midst. And God, we know that you are with us tonight. And Father, I pray that you would take this scripture and these words, Lord, and dice them 200 different ways, God, to minister so personally to each woman that you've brought here tonight, God, just like you have in my life as I've prepared, Lord. We just want to meet you. We want to know you in a just a deeper and um, real way tonight, God. Would you be with us? In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So there is a lot to a name. And when I found out that I was pregnant, we have a few pregnant ladies I saw tonight. Um, when I found out I was pregnant, after 15 years of marriage, I had never been pregnant. I was, first of all, a little bit shocked because by that point in our culture, if you have not had children, you might as well be called Sarah and be 90 years old because people kind of wondered, like, what's going on here? Why, why isn't anything happening? But we were blessed with a daughter. And so when you find out you're pregnant, what do you do? you need to choose a name. And so I remember getting the books, you know, back in the day before the internet, you had books. And some of you will remember. And they had all the names in the book. So I read name after name after name after name. And my husband didn't like any of them. And then I scoured the internet. I did live in those days too, you know. So I scoured the internet. And I would just keep, like, you know, picking ones that I liked. And nope, nope, nope. So finally... I said to him, you know, forget it. You choose the name. Like, I'm the planner in the family, and I need to, like, get this thing, you know, solidified because there's a lot to do with a name. It's a really important task. And, um, you know, maybe you live in the family that had just names everybody the same, like, you know, Jay, right? And, you know, but, I mean, when you only have one and done, then you really got to get it right. So um, I... Uh, I said, fine, it's, your, it's, it's for you to decide. But in my heart and in my mind, I'm like, you know, this is going to be on school documents. Like, what is the nickname going to be? And, you know, we can't have anybody tease our child, so you can't, like, have it rhyme with anything that might be tease-worthy. And it's going to be on their resume and on their, you know, just so on and so forth. And so it was important because there is a lot to a name. Finally, uh, my husband came up with a small list, and on the top of it was Brianna. And that's what we decided on. It means noble and strong and virtuous. And there is a lot to a name. There is a meaning, there is a purpose, there is a character. There is so much attached to a name. And in our text tonight, in Isaiah 9, 6, says, For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, 
everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. So the Lord has a few things we're going to look at tonight as we break this verse down. His name, first of all, is Jesus, if you didn't know. You know, you might have got drugged here by a neighbor or a family member. So we just want you to know we are here tonight because of Jesus. That is his name. You know, God had to come, uh, God had to send an angel to Joseph to kind of, you know, hit him over the head, at least that's my insert, you know, um, and tell him what to name his child. It says, I was thinking like, that's what Bond needed. He just needed like an angel to appear to him and say, this is what you should name your child. In Matthew 1, 20 and 21, it says, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to, t- to take to you, Mary, your wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will save his people from their sin. You see, Jesus, it's why we're here tonight, ladies. It's why we gather. It's why we worship. But that gets lost in our culture. You know, we had Black Friday, and then now there's like Cyber Monday. You got to get online and, you know, buy all the things. And then the boxes start coming to your house and you got to go get a Christmas tree and you got to decorate the Christmas tree. You got to buy all the baking goods. Like um, we're having, you know, a, what is it? Like a bake-off next week. Our staff is so intensely wanting to win this staff bake-off. I'm like, I don't even know how to bake. Like, <laughs> like Ross is like making cheesecakes with pralines on them. And I'm like, who's gonna, how am I going to win? Like, this is not even possible. It's impossible. We'll, we'll keep you posted on that. That wasn't in my notes. That was just for fun. But if you are invited here tonight, we are here because of Jesus. No other reason. It's why we gather to lift up his name. Now, I'm not going to lie. That chocolate cake is a good second, you know, runner up to coming tonight. I told these ladies, hey, save that piece right there for me. I can't eat it before, but I can eat it after. But see, names have meanings, and I'm sure if I asked some of you, what does your name mean, or your child's name, there would be fascinating stories in this room. And it seems like not only does a name have a meaning, but we also have titles. And the longer I'm on this earth, um, I accumulate more titles. So my name is Heather, and my daughter calls me Mommy, and my husband calls me Love, which is so endearing. And some people would call me a pastor's wife or a missionary or friend or auntie. In uh, Uganda, you don't have a name. You're just Mama Brianna, okay? So they don't even give you a name. Um, In Nepal and India, I'm Didi. So I'm called many different things. But the, the thing about Jesus is there is more meaning, more description, and more titles given to Jesus than most of us can even comprehend. That's why we've been scrolling the names of Jesus tonight. It's the name that is esteemed higher than any president, any dignitary, any prime minister. It's the name that people will bow their head and bow their knee to. It's the name above every other name. And one day, it is the name that every tongue will confess from every nation and every tribe. And maybe tonight you came here needing a reminder of who Jesus is. The hustle of Black Friday just led into all the things. And, you know, when you look at your calendar, if you're like me, you look at your calendar and you're overwhelmed. Like, how is all of this going to happen before Christmas? There's just a lot to do. But guess what? The reminder is this is a celebration of Jesus. 
he shall be called. His name is Jesus, and he shall be called Wonderful. Now, God the Father never gave his son a name he did not deserve. Jesus is wonderful. In his life, in his death, in his resurrection, in his ascension, Jesus is wonderful. And in our darkest days, and in our most difficult trials, and in our hardest circumstances, he shall be called wonderful. You see, ladies, our circumstances do not change Jesus's name. He is wonderful. Because don't we have a tendency to do that? Like, you know, we got a flat tire today. Our boyfriend broke up with us. Our work gave us more work than we could physically, humanly possibly accomplish in one day. You know, we have a family member who's losing their memory. And it's just like not a wonderful day. And then we take that attitude and we put that onto Jesus and our outlook on Jesus. And ladies, he is altogether lovely, altogether wonderful, marvelous, and extremely good, even in our circumstance. And Jesus is working all things together, even when we can't see it. He is wonderful when we have a new job or a promotion. He is wonderful when there's a new family member, a baby in the family. He's wonderful when we find the love of our life. You know, I'm in young adults ministry, so that, you know, is like a wonderful day when they find the love of their life. And when everything is going well, but his name is also wonderful when there's a cancer diagnosis. And his name is also wonderful when there's a miscarriage or a loss in the family. His name is wonderful when there's a broken relationship or financial hardship. He is wonderful. And maybe you just haven't had a wonderful year. Maybe you would raise your hand. Raise your hand right now if you would just say, Heather, I did not have that wonderful of a year. Raise your hand. It's okay. I mean, you had hard stuff happen, and it's just not that wonderful. Look around. Like, you know, hard things happen. we got to be real. You know, we just shared charcuterie, so, you know, we're friends now. (laughs) We're looking at each other. (laughs) But life happens, and it has issues, and things are hard. So look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor that Jesus is wonderful and that they are beautiful. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I forgot, I forgot Barb said I'm never gonna get you back, you know. (laughs) But there is good news for us ladies. For those of you who raised your hand, for those of you who raised your hand, Jesus did not change his name because your year was not so wonderful. Some of you have been through really hard things. His name is not downer or broke or depressed or anxious or destroyed or devastated or sad. His name is wonderful. He is Jesus. And not only is his name wonderful, he is our wonderful counselor. And some um, versions have a, a comma and some don't. I didn't really ask for the grammatical you know, reading of that, but it reads, he shall be called wonderful counselor. In Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, it says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So he knows that we will need to come to him when those times hit, when those things happen, because Jesus is intimately acquainted with every single person in this room. He knows everything that that you're going through, everything that you have faced, everything that you're going to face. 
And the best part is he has all the answers. All the answers. He is our wonderful counselor. And that's why he wrote the Bible. And that's why you probably go to this church if you go here, because we study the word of God. It has the answers. It solves every problem. It has a remedy for every issue and a solution to every challenge that we face. And there's no better counselor. He's 100% God and 100% man. And as I was doing this study, I was just, you know, comforted with his humanity. He experienced everything that we have experienced. He experienced rejection. He experienced betrayal. He experienced pain. He was hungry. I mean, he was hangry. Like, I mean, I guess like that's kind of a sin, like if you're angry and hungry. But um, he experienced temptation, rejection. And you know what really hit me? He cried. Like Jesus, I mean, we know that it says Jesus wept, but I'm like, he cried. Like he sobbed. He knew what it felt like to be sad. He experienced it all. And don't you want to receive counsel from someone who's experienced it all? You find a counselor who's an expert in the thing that you need counsel. And then, you know, to think that Jesus is an expert in everything, like all of everything that we are going through, he can be that counselor in every issue that's represented in this room. You see, unlike the world that will give us empty and uh, meaningless counsel and leave us void, his counsel is always accurate on point, true, wise, and worth heeding. He speaks in that still small voice and he speaks through his word. So go to him before you go anywhere else because his wisdom is perfect for us, ladies. But you know what we do? Sometimes we read it and we don't wanna do it or we get convicted about it and we're just not really ready for that counsel. Like, "Uh uh-uh, I don't wanna do that. I don't wanna forgive that person. I don't want to pray for that person. I don't want to love my enemy. And yet, you know, the Lord was reminding me, I have this friend. A friend will remain anonymous for tonight. You don't know her anyways, but she's going to remain anonymous. But she calls me and she asks for counsel. And I give her counsel, you know, biblical counsel. This is what you need to do, you know, go so on and so forth. Hang up and she doesn't heed the counsel. And she does actually sometimes the complete opposite. Maybe some of you have teenagers and you feel this way. Um, But, you know, then two months will go by. She calls me again. I give her the same counsel. This friend, I've given her the same counsel like four times. And she doesn't listen. And the Lord's like, Heather, that's how you are sometimes. I give you counsel and you just don't want to listen. And I'm like, Lord, forgive me. Let us not be like that, ladies. Let us be women who heed the counsel that God is giving us, not to be like that friend. Jesus is fixed on you. You can call him wonderful counselor. He will see you through. And friends may forsake you, and family may leave you, but Jesus never fails. He never forgets. He never turns his back on you. And in the midst of your situation and your circumstance, he promises to see you through every battle. So I ask, what do you call him? He wants to be the one that you turn to. He wants to be the one that you call upon first and foremost before any friend on this earth. He wants to be your go-to. He wants to be your counselor. And the best part is, he's available 24-7. And even better, he's free. Like, he's free. You can get a hold of him anytime, free of charge. He's also our mighty God. There is no weakness in Jesus. He shall be called mighty God. He is strong, he is unwavering, he is powerful. There is power in the name of Jesus. It causes demons to flee. It raises people from the dead. 
It breaks addictions. It brings healing. There is power in the name of Jesus. And the Lord gave me this picture and kind of living in this area where, you know, so many of you have experienced wildfires. The Lord was saying, you know, Heather, oftentimes, you know, you have an, a situation or an issue in your life. And I want to show up as the mighty God. But what you do is you take it into your own hands. You think you can handle it. So I'm standing there as the fire just starts small and I have the garden hose and I'm thinking like, I'm going to put this fire out in my own strength, in my own power. And the Lord's like, I have like the, um, do you get like really comforted when you see the water tanker that comes over and just dumps? Like I looked it up, I Googled it. 19,000 gallons, it can, the, the Boeing 737 can dump water on the fire. And the Lord is like, I am that mighty God that can just come and douse every fire that comes your way. Every fiery dart that comes your way, I can extinguish, but you try to do it on your own. And I'm saying, Heather, I am the mighty God. I have the power to extinguish all the fiery darts that come your way. He is our mighty God, the one who parted the Red Sea, the one who turned water into wine, the one who walked on water, the one who multiplied and fed 5,000 people with, you know, a few fish and a few loaves. Like, that's what I was praying tonight. When I walked in, I was like, oh, Jesus, just multiply all this yumminess so that there would be enough, that nobody would go hungry, you know? He is our mighty God. He shall also be called our everlasting Father. In John 12, 45, it says, um, he who has seen me has seen the Father and Jesus would come and perfectly represent the Father. It communicates that he is like a father to his people, and it shows his love for us and that we are a part of his family. We are under his care. And for some of you, the word father brings disappointment and hurt, and I can relate to that. And yet we have a heavenly father who's prepared a place that knows everything about you, I mean, that could be scary for, you know, <laughs> a little bit scary, but he chose you. He adopted you. He welcomed you into his family. And now we're joint heirs with Jesus. He shall be called our Prince of Peace. Jesus said of himself in John 14, 27, peace I leave with you and my peace I give to you, not as the world gives to you, do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You will not be at peace when a certain political party is in power. Hate to break it to you. Or when a certain political person is elected. You will not have peace when you have a certain number in your bank account. And you will not have peace when your kids are grown and out of the house. I hear they come back. And then they bring more kids. <laughs> Only Jesus can bring peace to our soul. Peace does not mean that we won't have trouble in this world. We're actually promised trouble. In John 16, 33, it says, you will have troubles in this world. But if you have unrest or anxiety or animosity or fighting, he wants you to know that he is called the Prince of Peace. And peace isn't found in the absence of problems. Peace is found in the presence of Jesus. And Jesus wants to flood us with his presence and fill your life with rest and calm and stillness because he is our Prince of Peace. And the good news is that tonight he can and is willing to establish his kingdom and bring peace in every individual heart at any time. He is our Prince of Peace. So if you are from here 
I know some of you are visiting. Um, as Barb said, my husband and I, we um, help and oversee the young adults ministry. And in that age, there is a thing called DTR. So if you're not familiar, you have a funny look on your face right now towards me, I will explain what it is. So DTR means define the relationship. And what that means is there is a point that comes where you and another person that is either a friend of the opposite sex or in a relationship have to bring clarity to the relationship. Like, what are we really doing here? Are we friends? Are we more than friends? And there's lots of different categories. And it's that critical point where you have to clarify. And it's much the same way with our relationship with the Lord. Who is Jesus to you? And how would you define your relationship with him? How would he define his relationship with you? So let's be honest. What would you call him? And let's define it. Maybe some of you would say acquaintance. You know, you know him from a distance. You have some mutual friends. You know of him, but you've never really spent meaningful time with him. Or non-committal, like I like the idea of Jesus uh, as my friend, but I don't really want to commit because I kind of want to keep my options open. Um, I like this relationship, but I don't want to be committed. Maybe some of you would say fair weather. In some seasons, you're friends, and in some seasons, you're not. Or what about social media friends? Like you let Jesus into all the highlights of your life, but nothing more. You don't let him into all the other parts. Maybe you're broken up. Perhaps a hard thing happened in your life and you just haven't spoken to him in a long time. What about besties? Maybe you'd say you're besties. Did you ever have those heart necklaces where there was like two parts of the heart? I was in junior high, so I'm dating myself now, right? My old self that I am, right? <laughs> um, but there was these hearts, and it had like a break down the side, and you would give one half of your heart to your bestie, and you would keep half the heart. It was like a necklace. Did you guys have that? Yeah. Okay, all right. I'm just like, maybe NorCal, they don't have bestie necklaces. I'm not sure. I grew up in SoCal. But you change besties over the... I mean, I don't even remember who my bestie was when I was like fifth grade, right? And you just haven't kept up. Maybe you would say in a relationship but you've been at the same place for a while. You're in a relationship with him, but it's plateaued and it's stayed the same for a while. Long distance, maybe you moved away, you're no longer in the same place, you keep in touch, but maybe you only spend time once or twice a year. Long time friend, some of you have been long time friends. You would say, you know that the relationship that spans a decade, decades and decades, long time friend. I love doing Bible study with people like that. Just long-time friends with Jesus. And maybe you would say, he's your best friend. He's your tried and true, your ride or die, the one who saved your life, the one that I'm desperate for, the one who's gotten me through all the storms, the one who celebrated the victories, and the one who sacrificed all and has given me eternal life and life eternal. So truly examine your relationship with the Lord tonight. Who is Jesus to you and what do you call him? The good news is he won't unfriend you, ladies. He won't unfollow you. He's still following you, like everywhere you go, you know? He doesn't ignore you, cut you off, talk badly, backstab you, gossip about you. He doesn't delete you. He hasn't blocked you from his contacts. All those people who have blocked someone just laughed, you know? And unlike earthly friendships or earthly relationships, he keeps no records of our wrong. 
he forgives us, he seeks us, he shows us, he has open arms, making himself available for us anytime. He's on call, never too busy, always ready to receive us, cares about us, has our best interests in mind. He desires relationship with you and me above all else. Damien Kyle put it this way, he is an endless source of wonderful, he is a limitless source of counsel and wisdom, he is an unfailing source of power. He provides us and loves us with an inexhaustible love and does so forever and ever. And he is the provider of peace that only he can supply as the son of God and God the son. And that's just one verse. That's a lot to be thankful for. So if you maybe even would say, you know what, Jesus is a stranger to me. I came here tonight and it's the first time I've heard of Jesus before. And we're glad you're here because for you, he wants to be Savior and Lord. Matthew 1 21 says, And you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And Jesus wants to be that closest, truest, most treasured and loved friend to us. And tonight, as we've been scrolling like 40 plus names that are on that card that you'll get to take home tonight, call out to Jesus. And I just picked 10 who in 1 John 2, 1 is our advocate. In Colossians 1, 16 is our creator. In Matthew eleven nineteen 19 is the friend of sinners. In Hebrews 4, 14, he's the high priest. In John 8, 12, he's the light of the world. In Acts 10, 36, he's Lord of all. In 1 Timothy 2, 5, he's the mediator. In Isaiah 59, 20, he's the redeemer. In John 10, 11, he's the good shepherd. In 1 Corinthians 10, 3, he is the rock. In John 14, 6, he's the truth. And in Revelation 19, 13, he is the word of God. He wants to be your wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, and prince of peace. And you may walk out of here tonight and never remember my name, and that is so okay with me. I actually introduce myself to people at church, like maybe I've met you at church, and I go, hi, my name is Heather. And then I go, and if you don't remember next week, you can ask me again. You know, it's kind of like a good way to just say like, hey, forgive me if I forget your name, right? So you can forget my name, and that's quite all right. But don't leave here tonight without knowing Jesus, who is offering you himself tonight because my heart is that every person would know the Lord. A few weeks from today, all the Christmas presents will be opened. Newsflash, some of them probably will not fit because I'm gonna go eat that um, chocolate cake and all the rest of the cheese. And some of them are gonna need a manual to like operate, and some of them are gonna have to be returned. A few things will be broken. But I wanna give you the gift that will change your life forever, the gift of knowing Jesus Christ and he shall be called your Lord and Savior. He was born a virgin birth, lived a sinless life, paid the price for our sin on the cross to allow us to have right relationship with him. Would you pray with me tonight? Lord Jesus, we do believe that you are the Messiah, that you are the Prince of Peace, and we give you our heart and our life. And we desire, Lord, to follow you all the days of our life. We thank you for the salvation that you've given to us and that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart, that you will save us. And Lord, I pray that we would never forget your name, 
that it is wonderful that you are our counselor, that you are our mighty God, our everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. I pray that you would be highly exalted in our lives, God. And may we fix our eyes on you this Christmas season. Lord, bring to our remembrance all 40 of these names, Lord, as we go about these next few weeks and go about our lives, God. Would would our eyes be fixed on you, worshiping you, loving you, sharing with others about you, and celebrating who you are? Thank you, Jesus. And for those of us, Lord, who just fall short and haven't been close with you, God, maybe there's been distance or we've gotten busy or let the cares of this life just choke out our time and our relationship with you, God, would you just bring forgiveness? Would you bring right relationship? With this Christmas season, Lord, you be everything to us, Lord. We want to put you on that high and exalted place in our life, Lord, that you would be first and foremost, and you would receive all the glory. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.